actors. We've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm Juaniala, and welcome to Actors with Issues. Each week, we bring you interviews with actors from across TV, film, and Broadway, taking many deep dives into their careers and getting into the successes, the struggles, and of course, the issues that they face as actors. That's enough about us. Let's dive into the episode. Today's guest is an actor you've seen in NBC's New Amsterdam, Prime Video's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and here to talk with us about their latest project and feature film debut, Unidentified Objects, it's Matthew August Jeffers. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so before we dive in, uh, we always start with a quick uh, rapid fire game called Getting to Know You. Uh, okay. Just throw some questions your way. <laughs> rapid <laughs> and, uh... fire. Oof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with a uh, coffee or tea. Oh, tea. Uh, um, herbal tea. <laughs> uh, film or television? Film. Drama or comedy? Drama. Hero or villain? Villain. Stage acting or screen acting? Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> um, for survival purposes, I'll say screen. Uh, what actors had the biggest influence on you? Um, Peter Dinklage, uh, off the bat. Um, and I'm forgetting his name, uh, Capote. Oh my gosh, he passed away. Oh, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman, thank you. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman and, and Joaquin Phoenix, those three. Hmm. Uh, what is the last show that you binge watched? Um, Russian Doll. Uh, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> oh no um I'm, I'm i'm into the dramas um mm. so the com i don't know uh uh, uh stepbrothers <laughs> and uh what movie never fails to make you cry her good choice that's a great movie uh and if you could guest star on any tv show which would you choose Ooh. um um, I would say Euphoria. And uh, describe your most memorable audition in three words. And memorable can mean good or bad. So that's up to you. Okay, memorable. Describe my most memorable audition in three words, good mm -hmm. or bad. Compelling. Invigorating and solidifying. Hmm. Sounds like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, yes. Um, so as an actor, when did you first discover your love for performing? And then at what point didn't you know that you wanted to pursue it on like a career level? Um, <clears throat> well, frankly, I, 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 it was really my mom who um, gently uh, nudged me onto the stage um mm. and I, I wanted to be uh I wanted to be somewhere in the in the sports world um growing up uh mm. very invested in playing sports and watching sports <clears throat> and um when I I think around I don't know sometime in middle school I, I realized that you know reality was just like it was going to be a, a an uphill climb <laughs> uh to find like a career in in uh athletics for me. And so um, I think my mom probably sensed that I was searching for that next passion or that next um, 
bucket to put all my weight in. And, uh, and I think just, you know, because she was my mom, she knew me best. Uh, she knew that I had a story to tell or that I could tell stories um, and could connect with humans. And um, she uh, invited me to audition for Your Good Man Charlie Brown in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I played Schroeder. Um, and, you know, it was, it is kind of the cliche memory where, you know, I took the bow and experienced, experienced that rush of, of applause. Um, and really, truly, organically from there, um, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, you know, doing summer stock, starting to look at colleges with, uh, fine arts programs, um, I, I remember taking the SAT and I, I or the PSAT and and you know there was like what do you think you're majoring in and you like could fill in a box and I I remember like not having to think twice I I thought much less about filling in that box than I did with these rapid fire questions that you just <laughs> <laughs> it was just like where's where's acting okay circle in in bold you know um, and I only applied to one college, um, and that was Towson University, uh, because <clears throat> it was close to home, but they had a really wonderful, uh, theater department, uh, and it, it was that kind of natural progression really from eighth grade. Oh, oh, and, 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 and thinking about like, you know, pursuing it as a career. I mean, I think, I think when I, made the formal decision to go to college for theater you know I mean I think it was it was with every subconscious intent that I was going to to you know to take these tools from this four-year institution to then you know go out into the real world New York LA wherever and you know and try to try to make make a life make a living and you know given that there are so many, I mean, throughout one's career, there's so many ups and downs and, and whatnot, but especially sort of early on finding your footing. Um, yes. Is there anything that sort of sticks out as like an obstacle you've overcome like early on or, or maybe something that you know now about the business that you wish you'd learned earlier? That's a really wonderful question. <clears throat> I think that my, my gut response is, and I, I know, I, I know I have started to notice this because I'm becoming more aware of it in my own life and looking back and seeing what I, how I processed, I can now kind of recognize similar patterns with some of my friends on social media, you, you know, because everyone's posting everything they do on social media. I think in a career that is so um, irregular and fraught with um, quiet days and quieter nights, um, people tend to reach for securities, for things that they can delve into, that they have some sense of control over. Um, and I think that's that's what happened for me early on in New York, in my days mm-hmm. in New York. Um, you know, there was a, a couple of, of uh, years where I, I had the training reels on and I wasn't feeling like I could get any movement in the industry, on stage, on screen, had auditions, you know, little things here and there, but I felt like nothing was really moving. And so I, I took that energy and that focus 
And I just took it away from the industry. I like completely, almost really removed. I, I paid rent. I lived here. I worked here, but I removed myself from focusing on acting. And I like, I, I got reptiles and I got into cycling and all these like little hobbies. Right. And I made the hobbies, my obsessions because mm. I could, con I had control over them. Right. I could go out and buy what I wanted, or I could go out and bike however many miles and it was within my control. So I think now that I've, you know, been fortunate in the, just in the past few years to find some footing in, in the industry and find some sort of a healthy balance that, that, starting out their need it's really important to have that balance because what I did is I took all my all my marbles and I wherever I went I took all of them with me so rather than like keeping some of the marbles in the industry and taking acting classes and and having a maintaining a footing in the industry that I set out to, to work in um, I just removed myself and, and did everything else because I felt so rejected that I was like oh you don't want me I'll go do this and uh, I, I, I notice friends, I notice people on social media who are, who are trying to do this industry, who are trying to get into shows and on stage, on screen, and they haven't been able to up to this point. And so they've started to delve into other projects, which is great, but um, there's, there's a balancing act that you have to like, your brain has to say, okay, I need for like my mental health, I need to take a couple of marbles and find something that at the end of the day, I can forget the industry. I can forget the audition. I, for, I can forget the casting director or what my agent says, and I can go and, and do soccer or whatever I, whatever makes me happy. Um, but still maintaining those marbles in the industry that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and write or tomorrow night, I'm going to go to acting class. That's what I lacked for the first few years of, of, um, of living here. And so does that, does that make sense? It's, it's kind of, um, uh, strategically disseminating your mental health and your focus on career that is not always sustainable with your just your life, your outside life, your hobbies, your passions, your friends. Mm. Um, and it's like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. It's tough to mm. do. Um, and I had to find my way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the, our podcast has been going for just over two years now, and you know, it's pretty much been as long as COVID. Thank you. Um, it's been like the length of the pandemic. And, and during that, so many folks have talked about uh, finding balance and, um, and learning to not make your art your entire identity. Because when things like COVID come along and it takes your art away from you, you almost have like an identity crisis. And, yeah. and you're just like, how, you know, what am I if I'm not acting or yes. all of that, you know? Yes, and one thing, one thing I'll, I'll add really quickly to that, and we can mm. and we can move on. I, I have a couple of friends um, where it's it's like acting is their entire identity, right? Mm. Like I, like sometimes you you like you'll you, you'll know people where you'll talk to them, and you 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 won't be able to have a conversation that is outside of the audition room right that is outside of this world and what what is acting I mean this is again all my opinions and perspectives but what is acting if not taking your experiences from the real world from your life living in the world doing all kinds of crazy shit and then bringing those lived experiences bringing those stories those personal identities into the work Mm -hmm. So if someone is work, 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 
they're they're missing literally missing out on the the most valuable tools for an actor and that's life right that's living life and the good and the bad and then bringing that those tools into this into the characters that 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 we play um so yeah just wanted to add on that's really important yeah yeah absolutely great and you know so uh there was a one of our past guests um uh christina ochoa she was on a series on abc uh called promised land and, and sort of her her tip to actors was like just go out and experience as much life as possible because that's the most helpful tool um yeah. just absolutely going with what you said you know and, and yes. i completely agree because it's you know i try and bring as much of myself to every role and and when you haven't experienced that then that's when you do the the really sort of gritty work and character work but yes. otherwise you'll have nothing to to bring it will be you'll be sort of having to do all that work for every single role if you don't go out and experience yes, the world it, it, it won't be layered and the right. audience will see that mm-hmm. right and yeah. we want to give the audience a, a, a ride and so i want to move on to some of your work so you have gotten to work on um, one of my favorite shows new amsterdam um for the last oh. several seasons um okay. so what's that whole experience been like for you it's been really wonderful i um I have so much love for that show. Uh, when people say, you know, I, I love, I love the show. Um, I, I think about the, 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 the crew, you know, I can get like emotional thinking about how wonderful they are. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not super common on a set to have like everyone in every room just being so grateful and wonderful and happy to be there on set you know um that that's just that's been my experience working um and this was from from the crew from the cast cast crew extras back i mean like even the background actors they're like they're just so thrilled to be there and and it's really a cohesive unit right let me there's always this hierarchy with regulars and guest stars and background and but on that set it just feels so cohesive and unified and really beautiful um I've made really wonderful friends uh on that show I'm um I'm really really grateful to to have been kind of sucked into their vortex and um I got I I mean I started that show with one line you know Mm. um and so there is a certain level of pride Right of that I that I feel for that show of of um, making it about the work, you know mm-hmm. whether it was one line and one scene and one episode with no future recurring you know episodes. If it was just that one line, I w- I was going to say the hell out of that one line, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going to make them remember that one line. And that's literally how it happened. You know, I had one line, no plans. And then, you know, a couple months later, there was, you know, another episode that came. And then very gradually over the seasons, you know, they started to, my, my character in the, in the world started to, to, uh, to develop further. And it's, it's, it's been very gratifying. It's been gra- very gratifying. And the story itself as to how I got that show was also unique in that it came really from the theater world. So when you ask me like theater or or screen, I I hold such passion and and love and admiration for both worlds because they're so different as you know, but I got New Amsterdam from theater because Mm -hmm. I got my, after my first 
uh, equity gig in, 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 uh, in, in the city at the workshop, I got my equity card and I was so excited that I would be able to then go and schedule my auditions because without your equity card you have to like show up and you're at the behest of like you know whatever time is available so literally the first day i got my equity card signed into the actor's equity portal saw the first audition and it was it was an understudy role for um it was an understudy role for um oh my gosh i'm blanking on the name lucas hedges starting in a couple of years ago the waverly gallery the waverly mm. gallery i think mm. um and it was an understudy role and I went in and I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just gonna, I'll do the best I can see what, I don't know if I'm probably wasn't right for the role, but I did it. And it happened to be Dave Cap, Dave Caparelliotis who cast mm -hmm. New Amsterdam. And, and as I was leaving, he said, you know, do you have an agent? And I said, yes. And he said, well, tell your agent, I'm casting this new show on NBC called New Amsterdam. When something seems right, submit you. I was like, okay. So I ran over, called, called my agent, was like, hey, 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 submit for New Amsterdam, you know, anything, everything. Um, and that's how, and you know, a couple of weeks later I got the audition. So it, it's just, it just goes to show you that they're they're really intertwined, especially in New York City. I don't know so much about LA, but the theater, you know, there's a huge crossover of actors yeah. from theater and 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 onto the screen. Um, I think there are a lot of young actors that, that young actors that move to the city thinking like there's a fork in the road, theater right. or TV or yeah. film, you know, and they have to like, okay, I'm going to take only acting for the camera classes or only scene study classes. And that's, it's, it doesn't work like that in, in the real world uh, mm -hmm. or in, you know, in, in this, in this city, at least. So before we, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to talk about your, um, your feature film debut that's coming up, um, Unidentifiable Objects. So what was, um, you know, with every project that we do, there's definitely sort of a new learning opportunity. Um, so with this being your first feature film, what comes to mind is something you learned during production? Um, two things that I'll, I'll offer quickly. <clears throat> the first is it was, it, it, was, it was my first feature film. It's also my first starring role in, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, that provided its own box of, of tremendous anxieties and insecurities. Mm. Um, um, but I, I think to that, to that lesson, I would say you, um, it's really important, or I found it really important to reach out to the people that I admire, that I look up to in the industry and pick their brain and know when to ask questions and no one to say, I need help with this. I don't know what I'm doing um, because they'll help you get there, um, right? It's, it's, it's very much a team effort, this, this industry, this world that we live in. Um, and the second I would say is um, you need, and I'm, at least this goes for independent filmmaking. I'm not sure what, what it's like on a, you know, a Hollywood big, blockbuster set but you need a lot of miracles to happen you need a lot of like thousands of mini miracles to happen and most of them have to go right for you right mm -hmm. like most of them have to flip on the right side of the coin um because when you're working on a smaller budget, you just don't have the money and you don't have the time and you don't have the space and the crew, especially under the 
cloud of COVID, which we were, we shot in August, 2020. So that was like a whole wow. layer, a whole added layer of stress and anxiety and work. Um, but yeah, looking back and, and, and seeing the film and, and starting, starting just very, the very beginning to see, we have a, our world premiere on Friday in Toronto, um, just starting to see the, the reaction. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful, but it's also, you hearken back to those days when it's like just 15 of you in the middle of nowhere in Maine and so many things could have gone wrong. So many things could have gone wrong and it would have, you know, pretty dramatically changed the, the, the story, the, what you see on screen just entirely out of your control. Hmm. Um, so as much work as we do to prepare ourselves, we, we really ultimately are at the mercy of the environments and the larger things at play. Um, and sometimes they go in your way and in your favor, and sometimes they don't. Um, but the beauty of that is you know, we manage and uh, do the best we can. But awesome. Well, uh, you know, congrats on on the film and, and best of luck with everything going forward because there's so much sort of next steps once you sort of go the festival route, like you know, distribution and things like that. Um, but uh, before we go, so we always wrap up with a final round of questions. Um, these aren't necessarily rapid fire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's called Now That We Know You since we've gotten to chat with you. Uh, right. for a bit. Uh, so fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? Um, an interior designer. Hmm. Uh, what role have you had the most fun playing? I mean, <laughs> I would say I would say uh, unidentified objects, Peter, uh, just being with with that crew. It's a really special crew, really hmm. special crew. Um, it was fun. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Three pieces of advice, all from Andre de Shields, uh, from Hades Towns, Andre de Shields. Um, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. I love his Tony speech. <laughs> it's so, so, it, so, it's, so iconic, really. I'm like kind of debating getting it tattooed. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And uh, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? I was going to say the only disability is a attitude, but uh, um, no. Um, I guess keeping keeping it in in the in this acting world, uh, I would say not necessarily specific advice, but just this general idea that it's like agent or bust. That mm. that the that the agent is the one who holds the key to all of the doors that you will want to walk through. I just, in my experience, that is absolutely not the case. I'm grateful for my agents. I'm not bad mouthing my agents. I'm grateful for them, but certainly, uh, some of the most rewarding work um, I have gotten through other sources and and my the work itself. Right, work begets work. So, um, I think it's a misnomer that that people, you know, it's like agent agent gotta get an agent gotta get an agent you know it's yeah. uh yeah yeah and uh, lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor always make it about the work awesome well matthew thank you so much for joining us on the show today uh if anyone wants to give you a follow on instagram or anywhere where can they find you um instagram uh, matthew august jeffers matthew august like the month jeffers yep 
And folks, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official and check out all of our full video interviews at youtube.com slash Actors with Issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors with Issues and we'll see you next week. Thank you.